Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. 
On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys, welcome to the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is a podcast meant to give you inspiration, education, and fully solely focus on plant-powered living, enhancing our emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And today, we have a lovely, lovely guest for you today. His name is Sid Garza-Hellman. He is a writer, nutritionist, podcaster, and also YouTuber, and he really enjoys helping people truly take control of their lives through their unique small steps philosophy. He's the author of uh, Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto and Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. Um, His approach is the exact opposite of quick fixes, diets, and exercise DVDs focusing rather on long-term sustainable change and increased self-esteem and confidence in the process. So uh, he is also, uh, he graduated from UCLA, a public speaker, host of What Sid Thinks podcast, certified nutritionist and running coach. Uh, Super stoked about that and founder of smallsteppers.com. So without further ado, please welcome Sid. Hello. Hey, Colin. How's it going? Nice to meet you. Good, good. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us on the show. Of course. (laughs) I'm super happy to be here. You know, small, small question, you know, would be what is one thing uh, that people don't know about you? Um, You know, in this, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we, all of us, you know, that come into the health and wellness a lot of us are just really immense into our world and uh, you know, we just like, you know, sleep, breathe and you know, all, uh, you know, all the, all the good jazz that comes with it. But what is something that people don't know about you? Let's start off with the bat uh, with that question. Yeah. Well, you said jazz. And so there, therefore, um, no, but uh, some people know, but um, maybe people don't know that I was used to be a full-time touring musician that put out albums and and toured around an actor. And I made my living as an actor for 10 years in Los Angeles. I was in movies and TV and commercials and things like that. So I'm deep, like you said, we're all immersed in this world, but I still have that background and still play music and still write to this day. So, and that kind of folds into my overall approach. So it works seamlessly in that regard. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you don't hear too many people that have, you know, that come from almost like an opposite lifestyle or opposite career um, and to really get immersed into the wellness world, you know? So, um, okay, great. Well, let's start off the, the first initial question I love asking my guests is, I love hearing about uh, people's stories and it's really about uh, the core message and where they have come from, from point A to point B and uh, all the different steps that, you know, led them from those two uh, trajectories. So 
for yourself, how did you get to this point? How did you arrive to where you are today, where you said to yourself, you know what, I want to wake up every single day, just really giving it my all, especially in a time like this, you know, where things are, you know, just uncertain and uh, very unpredictable nowadays. So can you share with the audience a little bit about how you got from point A to point B? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and while music and acting seem to be completely opposite of what I do now, the, the, the interesting thing is that it started me on my track was when I was a full-time musician, but lifetime asthmatic and was given a book uh, that made a correlation, if not cause it causal uh, relationship between dairy and uh, asthma. I thought I was 22 or three years old. I said, well, I'll whatever, I'll give it up and see what happens. My asthma went away. So I was able to, obviously as a singer songwriter, I'm like, that's pretty dang cool to be able to not have asthma and sing. So interestingly, that affected my career at the time, my passion at the time, which is music still is on some, on some level, but, um, mostly focused obviously now on wellness, but so cut to 10 years later, I'm playing music and I'm touring and acting and everything, but I'm reading nutrition book after nutrition book after nutrition book. Finally in Los, you know, Los Angeles kind of exhausted me and my wife and we had a child and we we're like it's time we got to get out of here so we moved up to where i live now the mendocino coast and i realized i have a passion for this this is something i am super interested in i love talking about it and so i went back to school um years later and became a certified nutritionist then this is the full cliff notes version um working as a nutritionist within months i was like that is this is insane i'm giving people really good i think really good advice they're not following it they're following it for a while and seeing results even but not sticking with it. That was the nut I had to crack. I said, this is ridiculous. If I'm into this and I'm passionate, what I'm really passionate about is helping people create long-term change. Nobody wants to just, you know, get healthier for a little bit and then lose everything they've gained. So I uh, took a few steps back, really applied my philosophy degree that I got from UCLA and said, okay, what really what's at stake here? Is this about knowing about diet? Or, or how much of that is about knowing about it or how to implement that knowledge. And I realized that it's almost entirely about how to implement the knowledge. So that was the inspiration of my first book, my first podcast, Approaching the Natural Podcast, my small steps, my program now, my coaching and my online and my new book, Six Truths. It's all that philosophy of how to help people actually create long-term change around this. How do you use the knowledge and still live a life uh, in the modern world? So that's that's a total like Cliff Notes version, but that's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, that one, no, that's awesome. Um, because it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, when you sometimes look back at your own life and, um, you know, you, uh, you know, you jot notes down, you make mental reflections, you sometimes wonder how did I even get here? You know, and, uh, you know, point A and point B, the shortest distance is a straight line. However, it's almost never that. And it's right. always, you know, just a squiggly line. It's, uh, you know, just following the ridge of this mountainous, you know, range and, you know, and there's ups and downs and, you know, hills and valleys and peaks. And you're just saying to yourself, wow, you know, I'm uh, very uh, impressed with what I've done, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on your perspective. Yeah. So let's take, go back a little bit, you know, about the asthma. What was going on during that time that uh, you couldn't really have a handle of it? And then you said to yourself, like, what was the spark that said, like, hey, I wanted to do something different with it? Well, it wasn't, it was, you know, I don't remember, I was, you know, you live, you live so long with something. I just had asthma, you know, I had an inhaler and I'd go for, I was a recreational runner, go for a couple miles, have an inhaler, you know, because I'd have the exercise induced and regular just asthma. And it's just what it was. I looked back, I saw a picture recently of my college dorm room. There's my inhaler right by my bed. It's just, it was just, you know, it becomes, it becomes normal. Right. But 
you know, I was working for an actor at the time as a, like a personal assistant and he and his wife were the one who, who gave me this book called fit for life. And, um, and I just was like, Oh, okay, what's this? You know, it was just, it was just like, it was just like a, I wasn't even that curious about nutrition. I was just a, a rock musician, you know? And so I'm just looking at it. And so it sort of created that connection of making me realize that on some level, I did want to get rid of the asthma and that it was possible. And it, up until that time, I just figured that's what I do. I mean, like I'm a guy with asthma, you know? And so I, when I saw that book, it was like, Oh, wait a second. Is this, this can't be possible. It cannot mm. be this easy. Right. And so then I was like, it didn't cost me much to just make that change to try it out. I it was like, there's no, there's no big investment here. I don't have to go away. I don't have to spend a bunch of money. I just stop eating something to see what that looks like. Mm. And it, and it changed. And so in a way that little act opened up an entire huge possibility of what else can be done in this regard. Um, and that's when I just started diving into book after book after book for like 15 years, just re literally just one after the other, just reading and reading and soaking it all up. And, um, and just, I just, I love the idea that, you know, it's like treating yourself well is, is an ethic to me that applies to everything that you do, whether you're a musician, a lawyer, doctor, whatever you, if you treat yourself well, you do that better. I mean, my second book, Raising Healthy Parents is about taking care of yourself as a parent, that it's that backdrop that leads people to a happy life in whatever they decide to do and how they want to do it. It's, it's, it was, a uh, it was pretty eye-opening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What was, um, what was the lifestyle that you were leading up until you read that book? You know, was it, uh, you know, was it the environment that you're in? Was it, you know, what kind of foods were you, you know, taking in, you know, that really caused you to say like, you know what, I've been trying this, I've been on my maintenance inhalers for so long, I just really am tired of using these things. And, you know, there's something about that book, um, or the subsequent changes that, you know, came after it's like, what was what was the actual, I guess, the needle in the haystack? I think it was eating the way that probably most 22 year olds, you know, who have no knowledge of nutrition eat, you know, a little bit of fast food here and there. But the thing about it is, I graduated from UCLA, and I was pursuing music, obviously. And so I took the first and easiest job I could find, which was to work at UCLA in the audiovisual department, um, which was full of all like artists, writers, actors, all people who just wanted the easiest job with health insurance that could allow them to pursue their, their art. So that was pretty great, but no money, right? So I'm eating like white rice and like I would come to, I'd boil like potatoes and bring those to work and then get mustard from the on-campus restaurant and just like dip my potatoes in, in like, I was literally eating like the cheapest stuff, you know, and it wasn't horrible, but I was, but I was eating dairy and you know, I'd make these like tuna, white flour tortilla tuna with cheddar cheese kinds of things, you know, just like the cheapest stuff I could get through. So that was pretty what it was. Um, and when I read Fit for Life, you know, it wasn't even a plant-based book per se, but it definitely talked about the value of nutrition and where to find what nutrition is, you know, how it looks, what it, where to look for it kind of thing. Um, and that changed the way that I, that I, eight most days, you know, just like I eat hundred percent healthy. I still don't, but I, but I did, it did start to make me think about it. And it's pretty great. I mean, as a parent now raising kids, it's like setting them on the trajectory of, of, of at least knowing how to eat well, you know, means when they're on their own, they may not eat well, but they always know where to get to if they start to feel not so good, you know? And I just realized like, I want to feel good. You know, I want to feel good. I want to, if I'm playing on stage in Germany, I don't want to have a stomachache, you know? And I remember yeah, being, exactly. I remember being in, in high school and like, We'd go to a party and cheese pizza and I'd have a stomachache. I never really make mm. the connection, but I always had like an ear infection or the, I wasn't sick all the time, but it was like discomfort. I had discomfort and it was right. really nice to feel better and not know that I hadn't been feeling that well for so long, you know? And, and I think that happens. People like, they just go, I feel fine. But then when they start to 
feel actually better. They're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't feeling fine for years, you know? Yeah, and and yeah. then they start feeling good. And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know? So yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I think it's based off of those feelings or, you know, we call them symptoms. You know, you say to yourself like, wow, I don't want to go back to those anymore. And, uh, you know, it's been, I didn't know I could actually feel like this. And it, you know, sometimes it becomes a normal for, you know, for some people and that's they right. think that, oh, that's all there is. Right. And then when something changes, you're like, wow, I didn't know that this could happen. You know, what more can I do? You know, what was the little thing or the big thing that led me to this and let me do more of that. So, um, so when you, you know, continued on your, you know, music career, um, and, uh, which is awesome by the way, you know, being able to tour and was it like, a were you part of a band or what, what describe that? Yeah, it was called the Sid Hillman Quartet. So it was my my band. Um, I had great musicians. I was a I, I was I, I consider myself an effective leader because I found people who did things better than I could do, and I would and and, and it was pretty great. You know, like I didn't try to play all the instruments. I just found like the best guitar player I could find the best. Right. And so we were together, and we did about I think five albums. And uh, and uh, yeah, Sid Hillman Quartet. It was like an alternative rock with a little bit of Western feel. And we you know toured and charted on college radio, and it was it was fun. You know, we were very indie and very indie band. And um, I I just absolutely had. I look back at those times and with with it was incredible. It was an incredible time. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was what we did. Yeah. And to be able to, you know, have something about your health, you know, that would inhibit those passions, I would imagine that could be very challenging, very frustrating, especially for, you know, audiences, you know, that are more, you know, cooped up or whatever have you, you know, they just want to continue to live life as much as possible, right? And then when you have something about your health, which is common, you know, for us, for all of our, you know, uh, humans across the globe, I feel like, um, you know, the pandemic, unfortunately, has kind of been the common thread to unite humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And then you realize like, wow, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, I need to get myself in check. It's kind of yeah. like, I've never, you know, I, I, I've been putting off you know, the oil change, I've been putting off the maintenance, you know, for my car, you know, I got to right. bring, bring that, bring that girl in, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. the same thing with, um, you know, our bodies, you know, I tell, you know, my patients all the time that if you imagine your physical bodies, like a car, and you only had one car, then, you know, you would be more apt to say like, well, let me take better care of this so we can, you know, prevent the rust that's coming down, you know, the line. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's interesting with my clients. Um, it's, it's definitely that I always say, you know, yeah. the, the, the addictive kinds of things, the less than healthy things we go to for pleasure. If we don't pay attention to our health, like you said, the maintenance of it, it, it will eventually force us to pay attention. And when it does, it's a very huge time and energy suck. We, when you don't feel well and you're having to maintain like the best you can in, you know, with drugs or, you know, Tylenol or something, it's a, it does affect the way you think and the way you feel. And it's an energy suck. So for me, it's like to head that off by doing a little bit more each day means that you don't have to be so distracted by not feeling well. It's it's a very liberating way to approach your life is to just do basic self-care to understand what that's like, to understand how to eat well and move well and socialize and all the things I talk about. To raise that level of health each day actually frees time and fr definitely frees mental energy and and establishes even greater energy for you to do the things that you love. So it to me it's like the bat the backdrop to it's like the thing to to try to establish. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and 
thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole food, plant-based approach. And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is whole foods plant-based. And I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long. And you'll be able to finish this in an hour. You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, on Listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of Listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes, and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening, and now back to Thrivebytes. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, you know, in a, for, for us here, you know, we focus a lot on having a positive mindset. And um, it's kind of like the captain of the boat. You know, you're going to have the best, you know, ship, best infrastructure. You're going to have the best people that, you know, crew that's, you know, working with you. But if you don't have that, you know, right mindset, you know, you're really going to be steering off course. In this case, you know, it's different because, you know, we're talking about a system, we're talking about a process, we're talking about behavior change, right? Mm -hmm. And no matter you're trying to outfit yourself with the best, you know, quote unquote lifestyle, um, I really, really reluctant to use the word, you know, a diet, um, because we want to make sustainable changes, right? Mm -hmm. So and, and also in terms of fitness and etc. It's really about looking about, you know, what have I done in terms of my lifestyle, you know, in terms of my routine, my day to day, even my thought patterns, right? And then also, uh, reflexively, our environment, you mm -hmm. know, I would say to a patient, you know what, Mr. Smith, you know, here are the steps to quit smoking. However, if you go back to your friends, your circle of friends that are, you know, all smoking, um, you know, your probability of being able to quit, you know, is really, really, you know, really low. Um, so my question to you, you know, let's get into the nitty gritty of it is what, what is small steps, right? You created this program called, you know, uh, you know, small steppers, right. And, you know, it seems like that was, you know, your first, you know, baby, you know, your foundation, uh, so right. to speak. Describe to us what that is and, um, you know, how has that uh, made your life, you know, more fulfilling, more sustainable, and how have you helped others with it? 
Cool. Yeah. Um, it's well, I'll skip to the second part, which made my life more sustainable and happy because I'm actually making inroads with clients and and helping them create long-term change. So it's it's satisfying on that level of you know, where nutrition just simply wasn't, you know, giving somebody straight up diet to eat and to eat this thing at this time and have them not stick with it was not fulfilling, you know? And I thought, how can I, you know, again, crack that nut? Well, I did. I cracked the nut. Um, the, my small steps approach is, is, <clears throat> is very unique. I, my core strategy is called awareness-based habit change. So what it does with my certain tools and mechanisms, it, 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 it empowers the client to be involved in his or her own process such that they learn to manage their stress around anything new that they take on. So in other words, if they want to eat better, they manage their stress around that transition so that they don't take on too much and burn out, which is typically what happens with diets. They go all in because they don't have the awareness about it. So they follow that thing, that diet and the day 22 and all this kinds of things. And they get the gains, but then they lose them almost hundred percent of times. Whereas awareness-based habit change says, okay, I'm going to create small steps. And what those small steps are, are particular to the person. So I don't have like a, every small step is two minutes of running it's or movement or whatever. It's, I always have the clients ask themselves this question. What could I do starting today that I could just do forever? I, I may not, but I could, it's so easy. That that changes per person. Some people are maybe they're a fitness level such that they could do a mile walk per day. That's their small step. Whereas another client, and I've actually had this happen, is one minute walking around their living room because for them, they have done zero and they're not feeling well and they've done no movement. So one minute gets them going. So this begins the process where they get up, they do the action. They start to accomplish things. I work with them, obviously, to make sure that they're not worried about pull, you know, heart rate. We're not there yet. We're trying to establish the, the habit of moving your body every day. They start to identify, I'm just somebody who moves my body every day, and they're not stressed out by it, so they're not burning out. When they're ready, they up that one minute to two minutes or one minute to 10 minutes, whatever. We always play with that pushing just in that adaptive stress realm so that they're not overwhelming themselves or not doing too little as well. So the small step is the size of the small step is simply what keeps you moving, not burning out and not doing too little. And that changes because life changes. They get a new job, they have a baby, they have to move. So maybe a step that, that was working for them in the context of their life, they have to decrease for a short time because things in the world changed for them. And then they bring it back up when things normalize, et cetera, et cetera. But they're in charge. So as a coach, I'm not saying you're going to start with this much food and this. I'm saying, what can you do? I'll educate them. I'm a nutritionist and I'm a running fitness coach, but here's what you know, but what are you able to do starting today, given what's going on with your life, that's not going to burn you out. And then they learn the tools to, to, to engage with that process forever. Long, I want them never to need me again. That's my, always my goal. It's like finish with me and never need me. You know, the system you've gotten comfortable with how to check in with your own stress to know when you're heading toward burnout. Most of my clients are like, overwhelmed already. They have a history of yo-yo dieting and or fitness plans that they've you know made gains, lost gains, made gains, lost gains. So we're done with that. And we start to be in, engaged in, in, they start to learn to be engaged in their own process. Yeah. You actually, you know, I had, you actually answered my question was, you know, which types of, you know, people would actually come to you in terms of clients. And it seems like, you know, it would it be like people who you know, would be like last resort or they've been to like every doctor per se. Yes. They're so over it. I, my best client, I always joke, my best clients is like, I'm so done. I'm so done. Like I don't work with 20 year olds. I, I, I'll tell you right now, like I've worked with a couple and they're always, 
like they conceptually understand my process, but they're always looking over their shoulder like, at the flashy thing because their friend is doing the thing and the friend is making all these great phys fast physical results. And I go, yes, but they're not set up to keep those results. So it's mm -hmm. always a challenge to say, what are your goals? What do you really want? Do you just want to lose weight and gain it back? Okay, then mm -hmm. definitely do the diet. I'm not your guy. But if you want to keep it off, mm -hmm. it's going to take time. You can't hack that. You can't do a before and after photo in People Magazine. This is doing the real work of living a good life. This is establishing habits day to day that are just be, and sticking with them long enough where they're just what you do. You're just somebody mm -hmm. who eats healthy, somebody who moves his or her body, just what it is. And that takes time. But man, it's my challenge is that I'm against the flashy marketing of out there in the marketplace where people were like, that looks amazing. And my person at work, they lost 10 pounds in 20 days. I go, I know, but did they keep it off? And are they going to keep it off? And is that all they want? Weight loss? Or do they want health and vibrancy? What are your real goals? The beginning of my process with anybody in my online program or private coaching, we don't even do act one in the world. We go establish your goals, find out what you really want. I've never had a client go, I just want to gain weight. And I mean, I just want to lose weight and gain it back. Not one. They always say, I want to be a healthy person. Okay. Now we're talking now. What, are we, what is it going to take? It's going to take hard work. Great hard work. You earn it and it feels amazing. Right. But you got to get them to that point. So they're not distracted. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that is that is kind of tough because I also, you know, in addition to being a physician, um, you know, I also got certified as, as coaching as well. And it's a completely separate process than, yeah. you know, what we were trained in school. And, um, you know, it's uh, you kind of look at it as if, you know, it's almost not meant for everyone. Because, you know, it's really about the mindset of how they come into it, right? right. So you were talking about being distracted and the shiny object, right? right? So it would actually be more of an uphill battle to really coach those people because you're trying to, you know, deter them from the shiny object. You know, you want people that really, really invest invested in their health, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, I always love this quote about, you know, the ounce of prevention will definitely save you like an ER visit, you know what I'm saying? Totally. So, yeah. And, but until, unfortunately, it's really about when people, you know, get to that, you know, deathbed, they're like, oh my God, I gotta, you know, make this change. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily I don't have a lot of people who have just had a heart attack, although those people are willing to do anything and they'll, and they'll usually do it long enough because they've been scared enough, um, which is horrible, but it, but I'm telling you, you know, people who have heart attacks are like, thank God. Sometimes you hear that. They're like, I had really glad I had cancer because it woke me up. Right. So I'm trying to, in a sense, have people wake up to their lives, um, head off any kinds of things that happen, you know, before those things happen and to take charge and take control where they can control. Even, clients that come to me that are ripe for the they're ready you know i have a like a screening process like i just want to make sure because otherwise it's just mm. a nightmare so they're like always like i want to assess your pain if you are over it and never want to do another diet again i'm your guy let's do let's get some hard work done right but even those people in the process of working with them it's not like they're not distracted by that stuff so it's an ongoing conversation of you know they're feeling like discouraged i know if i was doing a diet right now i'd be losing weight i go okay who are you what are your goals? Because you told me you wanted to keep the weight off. So it's, so in that case, you are doing the work. It's happening as fast as possible when the it is clearly defined, which is healthy, sustained health and weight loss as a side effect of health, like being healthy. Okay. And I always bring them back to their goals. Remember your goals, remember your goals, remember your goals, because they live in a world. So they have friends who they're seeing make all these things and it's, and it's, you know, it's a natural and they're looking like maybe that way. And I go, well, 
okay. You know, so it is hard work. There's no, you, there's no getting around it. Go ahead. Do you find people that um, are, you know, just not really focused on their goals or they haven't even actually spent the time to uh, actually write it down, you know, even just a five minute exercise or maybe 10 minutes, you know, uh, whatever have you of actually jotting down what are my goals? What am I aiming for? And why am I actually doing this? Do you find that people don't actually take the time to think about that as a first step? Almost 100% of every client I've ever worked with has never actually asked the questions of what are their ide- what does their ideal life look like? That is the very first exercise I do out of the shoot, whether it's in my online program or private coaching. Mm-hmm. It's called, I call it the ideal idea. And it is written down. And the question, the, the, the framework of it is, imagine you have a shroud over your face. You can't see what you're actually doing. But somebody walks by and says, hey, you are, Colin, you are living your ideal life. I mean, you are doing exactly what you want to do every day and, and you're doing it in the way you want to do it. What does that look like? And they write it down in present tense. And they might be morbidly obese, but maybe in that ideal idea, they write down, I'm at a healthy weight. I have a healthy relationship with food. If I eat something less than healthy, I don't beat myself up about it. I move my body. I socialize with my friends. I travel six months out of the year. I live in, you know, Michigan, whatever their ideal, boom, 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 boom. And they write it down and they, they sort of go like, oh yeah, okay, I can do that. But it takes time because they're 50 and they've never asked that question ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, we've come to define ourselves. I'm just somebody who binges. Okay. But yet when you write that, that ideal idea, you're not somebody who binges, are you? So maybe you've been behaving in a way that isn't true to you. So let's get you out into the world a little bit more. And that's going to take some time. So 100% of people have never, they've never asked that question. It's almost like writing your own personal mission statement, right? Totally. And then, and then when you come up to, you know, as you, you know, we said, even yourself and everyone that, you know, probably can relate to listening to this is that, you know, life happens, you know, your life shifts you know, um, your own personal life, the environment, the world shifts, and you have to, it kind of tests 2020 really tested, you know, our resilience and the ability to be able to pivot. So it's almost like, wow, I've never actually, you know, thought about my own goals, or they've been so, you know, uh, immersed into taking care of kids, for example, or taking Mm -hmm. care of someone else that they've never actually really, you know, sat down with themselves. That's right. Yeah. And, and when they do, amazing stuff happens. You know, they look at, they look and they start to look at their current actions as not, I'm a bad person, but as a, I'm in conflict with how I'm acting in the world is in conflict with who I truly am. They start to really understand who they really are. I had to eat a lot of crow on this one myself as a, as a father, Hmm. you know, walking in the door, irritable, you know, from work on my cell phone and not being with my wife and kids. And I began to really look at it and say, okay, am I a bad father? Or am I not acting the way that I know that I want to be as a father? Okay, well, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm ideally the guy who walks in the door, puts his cell phone down and is with his family, that's who I am ideally, then it's simply that I'm, in co- I'm acting in conflict with that guy. How do I resolve that? Well, then I started to be able to tackle the problem instead of beating myself up. I started to look and say, okay, no news on the way home. <laughs> you know, listen mm-hmm. to music, maybe breathe. Do, do, I did actually some deep breathing. I would park my car and I would take some breaths in my car. My wife, co- first couple of nights, she works out of the house. She's a graphic designer. She'd look out the window. She'd go, what are you doing? I'd be like, <laughs> I'm taking some deep breath and just centering myself. Then getting out of the car, 
walking in more in line with who I am. Not 100% of times, but more often than not. And that's the change that I'm trying to get people away from this beating myself up thing and really like, let's get you emerged into the world. And that's why the self-esteem and self-confidence is part and parcel to this process. So it sounds like something that is more, you know, intentional, you know, just, you know, even with the thoughts and even with the actions and routines that, you know, you'll go about your day to day and asking yourself, you know, what has you know, maybe added value or what has not added value to my life, you know, actions and thoughts included. And uh, what can we do about it? Um, you know, I just watched this, you know, great show on uh, uh, Netflix, and it was talking about minimalism. And they were talking about, you know, what kind of stuff, uh, you know, tangible and intangible, they were talking more about tangible stuff that doesn't really add value. So That's right. it's a it's a great question to constantly ask yourself. So, you know, it sounds like, you know, this, you know, your system, your philosophy is really about, you know, from the get, you know, what are we focused on? You know, That's what right. are what are the goals? So That's right. um, continually, you know, in in terms of the processes, do you do anything about, you know, with their environment? Is there something with like accountability with, you know, their, their significant others and partners, yeah. you know, or is it just a very individualized, let me just focus on you first. Well, it, it's both. And I, I hate to I always hate that answer both, but anyway, it's, it's true. <laughs> so it's fully about them. I mean, fully about them. Like I, they, sometimes I have people and they go, my husband's not falling. Like not about him. If he wants to mm. do thing with him, fine. But I do have them enroll family members, especially in the food. So my small steps approach is, is an approach has nothing particularly to do about diet, but obviously it can be applied to how you eat. So let's just use food as an example. So somebody goes, I want to be, eat better. Well, we all know that we have tradition around food and ritual and all these things we've been doing for years. And we have mem good mem nostalgia around food, right? So we want to make these changes. Well, it's hard to do that in the context of a family that eats a certain way too. And you're, and I don't want people to force change on family because then it creates a whole bunch of upset. So there is a bit of a transition, but I have, you know, people ask for help in other words, and to be to acknowledge that that's a place of strength to say, you know what, I, I do it still. And I've been doing my small steps approach longer than anybody. But two weeks ago, I told my wife, I was like, listen, I don't want to eat dessert this week. You know, can you help me? I asked for help. And she doesn't, if I go for the dessert, she doesn't say, don't eat it. She says, and this is part of my training. She says, you told me you didn't want to eat it. That's all she says. No judgment from her. I t you told me you didn't want to eat it. What that does is it gives me a moment of pause a little bit of awareness to say, okay, in that moment, do I want this or do I not? And usually that's just enough for me to go like, you know what I did? I said, I didn't want to do it. And I walk away. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't win every battle like that. Nobody does, but you start to get, it's the awareness that you get that starts to make you win more battles than lose. And so it's an, an enrollment. I mean, I, I have clients who have their kids help them. Mm -hmm. Mommy, don't, don't, that you told me you didn't want it. You didn't want that. You know, and, and it's because it's, it's like, you know, we turn ourselves off around it. Food's a drug. Let's face it. Right. Some of this junk food is a drug, literally a drug. And so we're not in the best sound mind, sound body place when we're reaching for a Twinkie. It's a, it's a hit. Right. And so to, to be able to, to not take that away from somebody, but to infuse a little bit of awareness makes them able to make a choice around that in the moment. And that to me is the place to be because they don't get militant around food. They just start to make food more of a choice more of an action rather than a reaction. And then they can sometimes decide to eat the junk food, but it's a choice. They don't beat themselves up over it. And sometimes they choose not to, but they're in charge. And that to me is the ultimate level of success. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, 
This is Dr. Colin Zhu, a.k.a. The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something. Something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences... Uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process and learning about life was also a process and a practice and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by... Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She has given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. T H E C H E F D O C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, I love it, especially, you know, the, you know, we, so much of society media advertisements is really centered around self-esteem, self-worth and that external validation, 
That's right. right. That, you know, whether I get this new car or a different relationship or, you know, all these different gadgets and projects, uh, products that were so inundated with that, you know, it would somehow make my life better. Right. right. And, um, you know, I love the fact that, you know, you have also utilized their immediate environment is not just about them. You focus on them, get them going and then say like, hey, if this happens, you know, here are the steps and systems to, you know, counter that. Right. That's because, right. you know, you can't really uh, it's hard to, you know, uh, evaluate every single variable. But, you know, you have, you know, you can put into them and still into them saying like, hey, if this happens, you know, here's what you, you know, do, because it gives them a sense of like, okay, I can do this, you know, I can, you know, uh, Sid told me this, you know, and I can, you know, pursue further. Yeah, that's right. And every step on the list, I have people maintain the steps list. But anyways, every step on the list is an action. It's not a, I'm going to stop eating junk food, because I always say my, my saying is health and happiness don't like a vacuum. If you go, I don't want to beat myself up. Well, what are you going to think about instead? I don't want to eat junk food. Well, what are you going to eat instead? I don't want to sit on the couch. What are you going to do instead? So the, the actions on the steps list that are created so small that you can do them every day, create that self-esteem because they're actions. If you go, I don't want to I'm so lazy, but you've been moving around one minute every day. You have an immediate response, which is, yeah, but I'm doing something about it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting up and I'm, yeah, it's small, but I'm doing something about it. Um, I, God, I'm, I have the worst diet but I eat an apple, one apple every morning. That's my step right. But I, so I'm, I am, I'm making changes and it just, it just starts to kind of calm things down. The mind chatter starts to quiet. You have an answer for it. And then that feeds greater success over time. So yeah, you just, you're just trying to, you know, we're all in this together. And I always am very clear with my clients, like the struggles that I still have. And again, I've been doing this longer. It takes struggle to live well in the modern world. One of my truths in my new book, Six Truths, is there is no substitute for hard work and there never will be. It takes hard work. It takes yeah. hard work to raise children. It takes hard work to maintain a successful marriage, just like it also takes hard work to maintain health and happiness on any level in this world. It just takes time. If you want to do it without work, you're going to take a drug of some sort. You're going to deaden with alcohol. Yeah, or shortcut. Yeah, you're going to short. If you want that level of happiness with no work associated, it's going to be a drug. It's going to be McDonald's every day and it's going to be beer at night and whatever else. Those things are fun on occasion for, for some people, but not day to day. The happiness is in the hard work of being used to just being attentive to your life, paying attention to your life. I had a client. She was like, I was doing so great. And then I had a baby. And next thing I know, she goes, three years go by and I'll wake up, you know, like, just, she just went through the motions for three years. Her health went down. She just was so bit like three years. We can turn ourselves off. That's tragic, right? Mm. It's not, but it's, but it's okay too, because we have time. So she was like, woke up and said, I got to do this real. I got to do this for real. Like three years, you know, time passes quickly, right? So if yeah. we shut, our, shut ourselves up to our, off to our lives and distract ourselves with social media and all this sort of stuff, all of a sudden we wake up six months later and we haven't taken care of ourselves. Yeah. And we don't, we didn't even, we didn't even know it. With that particular case example, if you don't mind sharing, like what happened? Did she fall into depression or, you know, uh, typically a lot of mothers, you know, go through like postpartum blues and things like that. You know, uh, did something happen to her? It wasn't specific to postpartum. It was, uh, I think more of just getting, you know, you, if you don't have a, ch a child and then you have a child, it's a whole nother level of busy, right? Mm -hmm. I have twin, I have twins. So for mm -hmm. four years, I don't even know how I stood up, you know, with twins or whatever, but yeah, but with her, I think it was like, busy, you know, work, busy, family, busy. And all of a sudden, the non -stop, up, stopping, just, you, know, you don't, stop, you, you don't stop. And then you're trying to do the best you can, of course. And as parents, the one mistake that we make is to put ourselves on the back burner because we got to take care of the kids. And look, it sounds weird, but if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your kids as well. 
you know, and that's the sell I try to make is you can't afford in, in marriage. I take care of myself to make myself feel better. And, and one of my specific goals in that is to be a good father as a result of me taking care of myself and be a good husband. My wife and I take care of ourselves separately. That's a value mm. of self-care individually, selfishly, so that when we come to the marriage, we're not bringing a bunch of, you know, dealing with our, our, our crap. We're, 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 we're handling ourselves the best we can because it makes the marriage better and the family better. So I advocate in my first book, I called it holistic self-interest which is taking care of yourself, knowing that you're part of a bigger whole, whether that's family, society, whatever that is, but it is about self-interest. You cannot put yourself in the back burner and live a good life. You can't do it. You've got to take some measure of self-care to be the person that you want to be. Um, and that, that ultimately is the struggle. And so fine. Yeah. 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 I also, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in that. I, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about leading by example, that's right. um, you know, you know, actually practicing what you preach. And, um, you know, it is, um, you know, and also one of my favorite analogies is the airplane security protocol where the oxygen mask comes down and says, you got to put this on yourself. And so I really love the message that you're putting in saying that, you know, you really do got to take care of it. And also emphasize that I don't, you probably get this a lot. I don't know if you do, but self care is not selfish, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's, filling your own cup to be able to give back and to be able to cater towards others. Like you said. Absolutely. I mean, my first truth of my sixth truth book is living the example. It is, it is, you know, I call it selfish because I sort of take on that idea of like selflessness. It's like, no, 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 let's do it better. Mm -hmm. So, so, so like non-thought selfishness is greed right? You have that desire for to somehow some back of your mind is like, I want to live a good life. And so, but if, if you don't apply thought to it, it's like, I just want to be greedy and I don't care about anybody else. And I'm just going to get accumulated as much as I can, but a little philosophy, little ethics, a little, little awareness infused selfishness takes on a new broader role, which is self-care so that I can also take care of others and I can be part of this whole and I can do my job better and be a better example. And so it's like taking that on more, like be more selfish, do the best version of selfish that you can find out. Because if you actually do that, you'll realize that the money and the material stuff, if you're trying to accumulate never makes people happy. You know, we know it, it's a thoughtless kind of action where if you put a little thought into it, you're going to take care in a way that is good for everybody, including the world, right? It's like, you're going to make the world a better place by doing that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's transition to your book. You know, um, you know, you wrote a first book and, you know, we didn't have time to go into the first one, but yeah. what was the the impetus? What was the, you know, the spark of saying like, you know what, let me, you know, go from one to two and say like, you know what, let me focus on this. So what is the whole uh, idea behind the second book that you have? Well, the second book is Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress. Mm. That's the family book. And that's, again, bringing my small steps approach into the family dynamic. My third book is this one is, is just came out and that's called, yeah, that's called six truths, live by these truths and be happy. Don't, and you won't. So this is like a philosophy of happiness. This is my happiness manifesto. And the reason why I put it out and wrote it and well, I didn't put it out, the publisher did, but the reason I wrote it is because I wanted to, I wanted to have a voice in the world in a way of wellness but to remind people really what's at stake here so that it's never about a scale weight. It's never about a permanent mile. It's never about anything that occurs on social media. It is that we are trying to live. And this is, I don't care what color you are, religion you are, where you live. It doesn't matter. We're trying to live happy, fulfilled lives, whatever that means for you. Fine. But you're trying to get there. And to remember that 
does affect how you try to achieve it. To remember that it's about happiness means that you're not going to go to a diet because it won't make you happy to do that. It's going to be a way that you're going to go into it to make, if, if you remember happiness is your backdrop and taking care of yourself is your backdrop, it's totally going to influence in the way that you approach everything that you do in your life, including your work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was the philosophy of, that was the impetus of that book. People were like, whoa, you took a turn. I was like, yeah, because it was approaching the natural is my small steps approach with regard to health. It's called the health manifesto, right? That's what mm-hmm. that is. And then raising healthy parents was again, sort of in that. And this was purely like, there's no diet in this in six truths. It's a philosophy of happiness book. It's an ethics book. It's a, you know, little handbook of fun. It's chopped up and easy, really easy to read for people just to have I try to be funny whether I succeeded or not. I have no idea, but that, <laughs> but, that, but, that, but that's the idea. Kind of edgy and just like, whoa, can I just pop this in? And I've really gotten good response so far. Uh, people who are looking for this kind of license to go like, that, yeah, that is what I want. I want to be happy. And, and that's okay. Not only okay, but it's absolutely true for everybody in whatever form. And can we do that better? And so it's been a pretty fun ride. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll definitely uh, share, you know, all that, you know, in the show notes, cool. uh, you know, for everyone. So, cool. uh, so I definitely want to close out, you know, I really been, you know, enjoying this conversation and Me I too. know that, you know, everyone uh, can take, you know, you know, something from it. So I like to uh, close out the show by asking my guests, you know, how do you personally thrive? Right. So, you know, uh, a lot of different things we have, you know, affirmations, or we have some sort of, you know, interesting, you know, curious routines, but what do you do in addition? You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, different aspects of, you know, how do I make, you know, a more fulfilling life? How do I make, you know, certain routines sustainable, but what, how does Sid personally thrive? Right. And then my second part to the question is, you know, what would your, you know, three go-to tips you know, for people to take away to kind of get started, you know, on that path, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, about that happy, you know, manifesto for themselves. Yeah. Um, personally, um, I, you know, I, I'm a pretty busy guy. I direct an ultra marathon and I run a wellness center at the Stanford Inn and I'm, I'm, I'm raising a family with my wife and doing all these kinds of things. So I have trained myself via my small steps approach to steal moments. I call it stealing moments. And this would, this will bleed into one of my three tips. <laughs> but anyways, I, pra- I, I practice what I preach. And, and this is the weirdest thing. Like I'm a musician. I have been a musician for years. I was playing full time in LA, but I still, but my life has changed. I have a different job now and I have the family, the kids I didn't have before. Mm. So I still apply my small steps approach, which is I have a step on my list, which is that I pick up my guitar once a week. And I used to do it full time. Okay. So it's, a, it's like, okay, I can be like, well, I used to do it full time. So I should be able to play every day for hours. No, because it's my life is different right now. And if it really made that much of a difference, I would spend less time with my child, right. with my children, my family, but I have to sort of look at it and say, okay, what can I do? So I ha- apply my own small step approach to my life. I eat well most of the time. I dabble in some hormetic stress. Like I do daily cold therapy. I did the Wim Hof program about three and a half years ago. I do daily Mm -hmm. breathing. I'm now a certified oxygen advantage breathing instructor. So I'm doing not only the Wim Hof breathing, but I'm doing my, uh, this oxygen advantage, advantage breathing uh, to and from the resort in the car on the way down. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm practicing these things when I can, where I can to keep myself and my stress as managed as much as possible. I'm a runner. Um, I don't run a ton these days, but I run, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, a few days a week, a little biking. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, what I, what I try to teach people is come to your life with an ethic of self-care and that, that backdrop enables you to, if you're standing in line for coffee, instead of looking at your phone, unless it's fun, but you can take some deep breaths to slow things down. 
calm things down. Remember who you are. Remember the life you want to live. Those moments matter. And I will argue that forever. I will argue that one minute of conscious thought matters. And it, it makes you change the way that you walk into work that day. And, mm-hmm. and, and learning how to find those moments throughout the day matter. And so it's, uh, that, that to me is the stealing moments is maybe one of the more powerful things. That and my most of the time, it's called, I call it MOT, where <laughs> getting rid of militancy, getting rid of this idea that you have to do something perfect. We're not robots. We're human beings. We fla- we're flawed. We make mistakes. When we acknowledge that, to be a perfect human means you're going to be making mistakes because that's what we are by design. So it takes a little bit of pressure off when you screw up a, a given day or a whatever. So the three tips I would say would be, uh, first of all, know who you are. Take that time to ask that question. It's a hard question, but you have to sort of shut off from how you've been living. Who am I really? Number one. Number two. Do what you can. And look, it's easier said than done. That's why I have a job. It's small steps. But do what you can to manage your stress around it. Fight as much as you can for the life you want to live without burning yourself out in the process. And three, learn how to value and find moments. Learn how, uh, you, you know, it's a little bit of leap of faith, but it do, five minutes does matter. If you think you can go to 10 hours of work and get 10 hours of recovery time, ain't going to happen. But if within that work, you have a lunch and you take five minutes to walk around outside and take some deep breaths that you, and you still sit down for your lunch, that matters over time. Those moments matter. And if the more you can manage your stress, the more you can live the life you want to live. Awesome. Yeah, I really love it. Um, You know, the small steps approach, um, you know, what I took away from it was, you know, just doing a little bit, you know, wherever you can, right? Not being militant. Um, Life, you know, is really not black and white. And if you don't know, it's okay to say you don't know, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we're just, you know, I think our current era, current, you know, moment in life right now is that, you know, we're all figuring this out as we go, you know, so no one really has it, you know, perfect, but you have to, you know, focus on the progress over perfection. And so I really appreciate, you know, your time being here. Um, For those that are interested in learning more about you, where can they go? Well, I, and again, I'm not advocating this, but I quit all social media in 2018 as a, as a, as a practice of, being a coach and seeing what that would be like. So the best way to go would be to go to SidGarzaHillman.com or smallsteppers.com or smallstepintensive.com. And then the the resort where I work is stanfordin.com. So those are the four places to find me. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast, What Sid Thinks. Um, coincidentally, what you just said, my most recent episode was called The Power of Not Knowing. Mm. Isn't, that, isn't that cool? So you totally, it. you totally nailed that down. We're in the same, they're in the same, <laughs> we're in the same, same <laughs> in the same zone, not just because we're bald. We're just in the same, we're in the, <laughs> yeah. we're in the same zone. Um, and so, yeah, that's how they, that's how they can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll definitely, you know, put that in the show notes when the episode is uh, released. Uh, cool. Sid, thank you so much for being here. Um, we really appreciate it. I know the audience is going to take, you know, something out of this as much as I have. And I really appreciate you, you know, showing up in the world, showing up for yourself, your family and all the different, you know, people and clients that you've helped uh, over the years. So thank you for doing what you do. Colin has been great. Super fun. And, and, and back at you. Thank you for doing what you do. And, and more of us are doing it, the better, right? Yeah, of course. It's uh, collaboration over competition. So, Absolutely. so Absolutely. many people out in the world that help. So Absolutely. guys, thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. And please find us on an- another one and please say goodbye to Sid. <laughs>
And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.